Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I saw Kung Fu Panda. You do not want to mess with the praying mantis. Did you know everybody has an eating habit? There are some eating personality types. Yeah, I mean, you think, no, I just sit down and I eat. No, no, that's not true. You have an eating habit. You have an eating personality type. And it says something about you. Did you know that science... Science! Science! Science actually says something about who you are based on how you eat. There's 11 different categories of eating personalities, eating habits. You know, things like, are you a fast eater? Are you a slow eater? Are you a picky eater? Do you chew loudly? Do you cut all your food into little bites before you eat anything at all? Do you want to share everybody else's food and ask for everybody else's food? Those are eating personality types. So here's the deal. Yeah. We're going to tell you who you are based on how you eat. I mean, I usually go like straight for the mashed potatoes. Okay. I mix like the vegetables and the mashed potatoes together. Something like that. She's a food mixer. You're a food mixer upper. This is interesting. You are usually outgoing and friendly. You like taking on multiple responsibilities, and you love your job, and you know how to make time for your loved ones. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yay! Is it really? Go science! Yay, science! You can watch the way someone eats their meal, and based on how they go about doing it, you can learn what their personality is. How do you eat your food? I'm going to talk about my brother first. Oh, oh. please do. Go ahead <laughs> yeah. and talk about your Tell brother. Your brother. He only eats one food item at a time off of his plate. Like, he has to eat all the potatoes first, and then all the meat, mm. and then all of this. That is a definite food style. The one thing at a timer. Intensely deranged. This person, sa- it says they are very detail-oriented. They think everything through very carefully, and they're praised uh, for being so thorough in their work. Well, science is wrong on him, unfortunately. (laughs) I think I've missed my calling. I could have been a behavioral food expert. That's who's doing this scientific study on, like, the way you eat reveals who you are. So if you tell us the way that you eat, we'll tell you what science says about your personality. Okay, so across from me... I have Taylor Hohulin. Hello, mm-hmm. Taylor. Thank you for stepping Hi, into our science study I'm, I'm, this morning. I have the electrodes on mm-hmm. my forehead. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing the weird hospital gown. Can I press a button and make those electrodes do something? Please don't. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your eating style, Taylor Hohulin. Well, Jen Green, I am. Uh, I can be adventurous. I like to find the weird things on the menu. I do believe your favorite saying is, I'd try that. I would. I'd I try, try just that. about anything. Uh-huh. I also eat with the speed of Usain Bolt. <laughs> So, <laughs> which is which is unfortunate for me because if I'm ever out with you and Lindsay, I usually want to try a bite of what you're eating, and if I don't get to it fast enough, you've already you got you got to get in there quick. Okay, so what does a an adventurous fast eater? What does that say about your personality? Well, see, this is the weird thing. It says if I'm fast, I'm really good at multitasking. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I can multitask. I don't do them all very well. <laughs> says I don't miss a deadline, which is true. That's very true about you. Um, It says, I'm also very competitive and always on the run, which means I'm bound to miss some very important moments in my own life. Um, Competitive? Yeah. On the run? More competitive than you. (laughs) 
So we've been talking about what your eating style says about your personality. Yeah, there were actual scientific studies based on, you know, how you tend to act and how you can interpret that from how you eat. What does it say about people who, like, can stop mid-dinner because they're starting to get full and they know dessert's coming? <laughs> they're just smart. That just says you're, you're a forward thinker. You're a visionary. You're a, just a wise, smart human being. <laughs> it's so funny because some people will be like, oh, I ate so much, I can't have dessert. I'm like, okay, you knew there was chocolate pie. Like, why did you taste yourself? Don't forget. It's Mother's Day weekend. We are giving you plenty of reminders. You mm-hmm. cannot forget. You need to run over to Walgreens, CVS, Hy-Vee, wherever. Grab your mama a card because there were so many things that she did for you. There were so many things that she was. There were so many things that she said to you over and over and over again. And we'd love to hear those momisms. My momism is don't, don't, don't bite your friends. <laughs> Madison, honey, do you have a hard time with biting your friends? No, I never have. But I used to watch Yo Gabba Gabba. And my mom saw that. And so whenever I would leave to go to my friend's house or go to like a game, she would say, don't, don't, don't bite your friends. And I'd say, okay, mom. And you never did. It worked. All right. It's Mother's Day weekend. It is upon us. Do you have momisms? There are five of us of different ages. And when my mom would, on the rare occasion, be able to go to her friend Norma's house for an in-person visit instead of on the phone, she would say, I'm going to Norma's. Do not call me unless the house is on fire or someone is bleeding. Okay. (laughs) Message received. And she was very calm but firm. But once I became a mom, I realized she was shrieking in her head. (laughs) Did you ever have to call her when she was at Norma's house? No. 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 She caught us enough first day, but it was not necessary. Don't forget. Make sure you wish your mom a happy Mother's Day because so much about what you are and who you are has been shaped by that mama. I got this text from my sister about a month ago, and it says, I focus so hard on trying to avoid inheriting my parents' negative traits that I let all these random neutral traits of theirs slip through. I realize as I rinse out a Ziploc bag and prop it up inside out to dry so I can reuse it at a later date. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. My mother does that. My mom does too. Talking all things mom, because she deserves it. Mm-hmm. And it's Mother's Day weekend. So we want to hear about the momism in your life. The day my mom died, she like talked to each one of us individually. I was supposed to be a twin. I was what they call a ghost twin, where there were supposed to be two, but the yeah. other one yep. never developed. When my mom, the day she was dying, and she, it was my turn, and I went into the room, and she said, I've spent the last 50 years wondering what it'd be like to have two of you. <laughs> <laughs> my mom had quite the sense of humor. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I think I know where she put it when she left. Yeah, I might have. I might have gotten some of that. So my friend told me about an interesting way to meet his new neighbors. Oh. He said he came out of his house, and his new neighbor approached him to introduce herself and give him a warning. A warning. A warning. Okay. I know. I was like, "Well, this sounds ominous." Well, she said, "Do you own a cat?" And he said, no, no, I don't. And she said, oh, okay. She says, well, you might want to be careful when you go, (laughs) when you get into your car. Really? She said, because I'm pretty sure I saw a black cat climb up your car and disappear. So he walked over to his car, 
opened the door, and sure enough, sitting in the driver's seat, what? like it belonged there, was a black cat just blinking its yellow eyes at him. What? Hello! What did it do? <laughs> it crawled up his car into the sunroof. The sunroof! And proceeded to take a nap on his front Love seat. it. Not his cat! You know but what? the cat pretty much claimed the car. Everywhere a cat sits, he sits like that's exactly where he belongs. <laughs> he will be in a box barely big enough for one leg. And then and he looks like, at you like, This is what? my spot. I know. Doesn't matter how awkwardly contorted he has to sit. No. He's like, this is mine. This What's is your me. problem? So have you ever found a surprise in your car? Yes, the praying mantis. Ah, oh! Where? So it was in my back window, and I drive interstate all the way because we live out in the country. So I was, like, practically in tears. I was calling my boyfriend, and he's like, it'll be okay. Just roll your windows down. And it, like, kept, like, making this buzzing sound, and it was, like... It kept, like, creeping closer, and no. I was, like, practically in tears. I have, like, a 30-minute drive that I had to drive with this praying mantis making noises and, like, moving around. You was in there the so. whole time. Are you afraid yes. of praying mantises? I'm terrified of bugs. <laughs> so I, I was, like, bawling my eyes oh. out, and my boyfriend's on the phone like, it's okay, he's not going to attack you. And I'm like, yeah, you don't hear him right now. Listen, I saw Kung Fu Panda. You do not want to mess with the praying mantis. Exactly. You don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So surprises in cars. You have one of those, John? A surprise that I placed. How about that? Oh, okay. perfect. Let me hear it. You know the cicadas, they leave the, the little exoskeleton shell. Oh, yeah. I got in the car, and I placed it between the top of my seat and the bottom of the headrest <laughs> so that my kids in the back seat would be able to see it. Okay. We're driving down the road, and my kids don't see it. They don't see it. They don't see it. They don't <laughs> see it. And then all of a sudden, from the back seat, my daughter goes, there's something in here. <laughs> Was it worth it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did you immediately start laughing when she said that? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, what else is a father for? <laughs> <laughs> to laugh when his daughter's terrified of a bug shell. <laughs> so when you stand there and you shake your head at your cat, at their behavior, whatever it is, they could be holding up a mirror to you. Science says that cats start to take on personality traits of their owners. So how is your cat similar to you? Well, he has definitely learned my schedule. Yeah, and okay. he wakes me up 15 minutes before my alarm. So are, do you like to be prompt? Because he obviously doesn't <laughs> want you to be late. Yeah, I'm, I'm always early. So is he. <laughs> He's even earlier than you. He knows that it makes me mad that he plays with my plant. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not home, he knocks it off the plant stand <gasps> and then buries it. So oh are you goodness. saying that you're ornery too? Do you think maybe he's picked up that? Oh, person? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ornery. <laughs> He's learning it from the master. <laughs> so if you've ever owned a cat, I want you to think about this. Hmm. Has that cat ever shown any personality traits that mirror yours? Because your cat might be the way that it is because of you. You know, you guys could be psychologists. Really? Sure we could. Yeah. Just ask us. I've got a black panther. Her name's Bagheera. She's a Bombay. Bagheera. As I thought about character traits, I thought, oh, my word. Because <laughs> I wonder why Bagheera 
has to wake me up at 3 a.m. consistently, not for feeding, but for loving. Aww. She's needy. She just has to have attention right now, licking my ear, licking my nose, purr, purr, purr. And I got to thinking, well, you know, yeah, that's like me. I want attention when I want it. I, yep. I can see that. I'm being honest. You just go lick and people's then, noses sometimes. You know, I'll get my husband up in the middle of the night. Honey, I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't either. We're in this together. Isn't it great? Yeah, because you no, you said for better, for worse, and sickness and hell till death be apart. And I can't sleep, so that means you can't get up. <laughs> Science says that our cats take on some of our personality traits. And uh, it's sounding like that might be accurate. How is your cat like you, Sienna? He would sit at my feet and beg like a dog anytime I was making anything beef. And beef. I can totally relate to that. I'm yeah. beef. I mean, beef is, yes, yes, yeah. yummy beef. I have never known a cat to beg before, but he was always at my feet in the kitchen. I want beef. <laughs> beef dog treats. If the dog wasn't fast enough, the cat got the treat before the dog because he's like, hey, that's beef. I want it. <laughs> I'm going in. It was funny. The dog was a Doberman and he was scared of the cat. But, oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> Kelly, so what do you think about this idea that cats take on the personality traits of their owner? I honestly thought everybody knew that cats took on the owner personality. Oh, no. I thought everybody knew that. No. Because I have one friend who scurries all around and is very energetic and kind of jumpy, and so is her cat. <laughs> I have another friend who doesn't really like people too much, and neither does her cat. I have a big, fat mouthy orange tabby cat. I mean, that cat is just a pain in the neck, and I love him so very, very much. I don't know where you were going with that. (laughs) So I wanted to see what (laughs) Kelly said about that. Well, actually, I think that you just get to understand each other. Watching a little preschooler meet up with her mama the other day, it kind of reminded me of an important life lesson. And then as I continued to walk into the building, I actually was was thinking, like you do, you know, you know, I actually learned a lot when I was in preschool. Oh, yeah. You know, like you know, sharing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, making friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are those are important. Yeah. Those are good things. But there were other really important things that I learned in preschool. There was one thing in particular that I can still remember the moment that I learned it when I was in preschool. It was arts and crafts time, which isn't that really mostly what preschool is, at least when I was going. Yeah. I loved arts and crafts time. And my, my teacher, oh, she handed me this jar. And I loved this jar so very, very much because I got to do arts and crafts with it. This jar was the jar of... Rubber cement. I loved rubber cement. Really? Yeah. Do they even let kids use that anymore? I don't even know. I know. Yeah, so I, I can't remember. It, and, you know, you open it up and attached to the cap is the brush. Mm-hmm. So you just pull it out and you get this lovely rubber cement and you can stick things all over other things. But here's the thing. That rubber cement smelled so good to me. And really? Was, you thought it smelled good? I thought rubber cement smelled, smelled good and I would rub it and it was so cool and so this one time, you know, because you're in preschool, you think to yourself, so if it smells this good, no. it must <laughs> No. It must taste this good. And in preschool, I learned that's not true. Rubber cement does not taste as good <laughs> as it smells. Well, that was the very important lesson I learned in preschool. It stuck with you until today. <laughs> it did stick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
There are many pivotal years in your life, yeah. but perhaps none so groundbreaking as preschool. I mean, think about it. It's really kind of the first time that you go away for any kind of education oh, man. from home. You got yourself in preschool here, and, and there are important lessons to be learned that you can apply to the rest of your life. I learned my lesson not to take those individual catch-up packages uh-huh. and be out in the playground and stomping on those when there's a teacher around. Well, why did you learn that lesson? Because I stomped on it, and it sprayed all over the teacher. <gasps> I'm sure she loved that. I don't remember what the repercussions were, but I've never stomped on a package of ketchup since. That is an important life That's lesson, Larry. Very good lesson. I'm guessing you never did it again. <laughs> no. No. Good morning, Angel. Do you have a preschool life lesson to tell us about? When my daughter was in a three-year-old preschool, she thought it was okay that she dripped her clothes off and only slept in her underwear. Oh. And her teacher had to run over and start dressing her again and telling her <laughs> that she can't sleep in just her underwear. So in preschool, when we take a nap, we keep our clothes on. Yep, pretty yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Very good life lessons That's, You to know learn. what? Yeah. You got to learn it somewhere. Yeah, you, you do. You do. <laughs> I can still remember walking into that classroom. Mm. I still remember that. I can't remember my dog's name some days, but I can remember the first day of preschool. Oh, yeah. And, and you just kind of feel it. It's going to change my life. <laughs> I'm going to learn a lot in these walls. Did you have a valuable preschool lesson? Not me. It was my son. Okay. First day of kindergarten. He came home. I said, what did you learn on your first day of kindergarten? And he said, there's a red box on the wall that says pull and you don't. <laughs> He was so proud of being able to read it. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.